GT Channel with Sam Itani, James McKeon, and Taro Koki. Hello, everybody. Welcome to number 18 of GT Channel's Podspeed. Uh, lockdown edition continued here with uh, GT Channel president and the man who does everything here, Mr. Taro Koki. Hey, hey. Uh, then we have uh, James McKeon again in his bedroom of No Breaking Podcast. Um, hey, James, are, are we still getting um, them regularly, the No Breaking Podcast? I've no, they're, they're still on hiatus at the moment, and they'll be back once the lockdown ends. Oh, okay, after the lockdown ends. Correct. And then today we have a special guest, one of my good friends and one of uh, a major player in our industry because he keeps the Japanese car spirit alive, Mr. Ben Shu of hey. Japanese hey, Nostalgic Car. Yay. Uh, if anyone has ever... Hey, Ben. So if anyone has ever uh, visited his um, website, um, you guys know that he covers pretty much nostalgic cars and uh, current cars, and he does a lot of really nice features. Uh, ben, you did a really interesting feature on a Road & Track uh, article not too far back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so... What was that article on? Just a little background. I mean, like, you know, I grew up reading Sam's work in Road and & Track, and... Um, one of the uh, most influential articles, I, I mean, I think, was when he uh, did a comparison on four high-end tuner cars uh, back in the day. That was like, I don't remember what year it was. Was it 90? Yeah, no, 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 no. We don't have to say what I, year. I grew up watching and uh, listening and uh, reading Sam's articles, too, when I was yeah. in, like, in elementary school. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. Thank you. Yeah, so there were like, it was like an <laughs> Amamina RX-7. Um, yes, very you good. Know, yeah, GTR. I mean, just like stuff that we didn't get here, you know, and um, at the time it came out, I mean, the, the tuning stuff was still like just, you know, pretty much underground in the U.S. So it was, it was pretty cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ben, for that plug. I will give you the R20 bucks later on. And then... <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, uh, guys, I, I'm sure you guys know Ben, but uh, so Ben, Japanese nostalgic car, can you kind of tell me or tell us how it came to be? I mean, um, yeah, sure. Um, basically, um, and how long has, how long has it been around first? Oh, okay. So we found my brother, Dan and I founded it in nine, uh, sorry, 2006. Um, prior to that, I was working at the National Institutes of Health, um, you know, doing like bioinformatics work, which, you know, I mean, it paid well and everything, but it wasn't my passion. Um, so, you know, I wanted to do something, get my foot in the door in the car industry. So we founded the site at the time, like really no one was, uh, talking about Japanese cars as classic or vintage really. Um, so, you know, we're pretty much one of the few English language sites and we're probably the only English language sites that were completely devoted to talking about the history of Japanese cars. Um, was it just uh, was it a business venture, uh, venture at first, or was it just something you guys wanted to do just for it fun? It was really or? a labor of love. Um, so yeah, we started doing that. Um, you know, we never really did any um, you know promotion or advertise or anything. The kind mm -hmm. the site just kind of spread word of mouth, and um, you know, and now I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm you know, I'm reviewing new cars. I'm you know writing. You're about legit. Classics. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, Taro or James, I, I I haven't really figured out the Zoom thing yet, but could one of you guys uh, maybe uh, 
um, uh, log on to, or not log on, but uh, show uh, the cover page of Japanese Nostalgia Car on the website and show it up on your screen just so people can see how that yeah, I can website do it. looks. I'll do okay. it. I'll do it. And just, yeah, just, just for like a brief second will be cool. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, for the purposes of our site, we had a, a rule that a rolling 25 year rule. So anything that was 25 years or older, we would cover. And, um, you know, nowadays that, that cutoff is at 1995. So that's pretty, right. uh, you know, pretty, I mean, to me, it doesn't seem like that long ago, you know, but it's, it's like the time when Sam was breaking the stories about those tuner cars and stuff. Yeah. So like we have, you know, oh, Lexus you're, you're aging me, you're aging me again, killing off the GS. So we wrote a little tribute oh, to, the, yeah. to the GS um you know and and we talk about like some some more modern cars too like um you know like the new supra or the new z that may right. coming out that you guys you know reported on um you know probably one of the first to report on like five or six months ago That's so right. we need to talk yeah, about so, this I mean, it was it was pretty you know it's pretty cool <laughs> stuff if you're into japanese cars right um um oh i see the 480z there very cool um uh so there's there's Taro's background car. <laughs> there we oh, go. there, yeah, the Akko. <laughs> um, was there any particular? Uh, so, uh, how long did you uh, were you do? Did you after you started Japanese nostalgic car? Um, how long after you started it when you said, "Hey, man, I think I'm going to make this my full time gig," and you left your previous job? Um, I mean, well, I mean, it's still not my my full time gig. I mean, it, I. Oh, I, what is your full time gig? Yeah, I, well. I mean, I do work for a lot of different outlets. I mean, I write, I do car reviews for Autoblog, um, you know, and I also, well, I mean, I, I work for you, Sam, <laughs> for a little bit on, on some of the Gran Turismo stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You helped yeah. out with those things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, so you're kind I mean, of a freelance writer, too. Yeah. And I I worked for Left Lane News until that site kind of right. folded. Um, hopefully, it wasn't my fault. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then, uh, but the, you know, my true passion is the vintage Japanese stuff. Now, why did you pick the twenty-five years? Is it because uh, um, uh, because of the import rule? Yeah, so the import okay. rule is definitely one of them. Um, the you know, after twenty-five years, you can import anything, and um, you know that's a federal law in the U.S. Um, but uh, twenty-five years is also like you know the year in which most states will allow you to get like collector car plates mm -hmm. on your vehicle or right. um, you know classic car insurance, you know that sort of thing. So you know it was, it was a general good, good cutoff year. Yeah, I'm we had ask, Sean Morris. We had yeah. Sean Morris uh, last episode talking about the twenty-five-year-old law and all the cool JDM cars that are going to start coming into the states. Yeah, yeah. I mean now is like prime time, you know. Yeah. Well, here's a question I'm going to ask Ben, and then I'm going to ask you other two guys too. Is um, let's say 25 years, uh, what car would you most want to import right now if you were in the market for it and you had the money? That's so hard. I mean, that's so hard to say. Um, you know, um, well, give me at least one. But if you can't, if you can't narrow down to one, oh, you know, your best three maybe. So you know, for, and they, they don't have to be I would, Japanese. I would want to import something that I can't get in the u.s so like you know a right hand drive version mm -hmm. of something i could get in the u.s is not that exciting to me um so you know i think like the um, you know obviously the gtrs r32 r33 um the there's also like a, you know the three rotor unos cosmo is really cool oh yeah, yeah, yeah. um 
you know, uh, I mean, there's, there's also like, you know, even smaller cars that aren't necessarily performance cars, like, you know, Nissan Figaro's and, and those kind of things like the Honda Beat. I mean, I love all those types of weird JDM cars. That we one car, bought. Ben, one car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna make you work on this one. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. This, I don't know, man. I, I, I'll, I'll just say, well, the, the, you know, I, I'll just go for the uh, well. Okay, so you could go with the rotary because you're wearing a shirt about the uh, the Lexus GS. So in Japan, they had a 2JZ GTE powered Aristo. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Which was the fastest production sedan in Japan when it debuted in 1991. And so you know the GS isn't like especially the first gen is not that respected in the U.S. But I think the that twin turbo version is like super cool. Um, and you can get it with cloth interior, you know, so well, that, that was uh, from the factory too, right? Yeah. From the factory. Uh, and you know, and you know how tunable those two JZs are. Yeah, so, exactly. so yeah, I mean, I would, I would get, you know, maybe that is like a, like kind of a sleeper, you know, that would be a very cool car. It'd be yeah. unique, you know, cause everyone else would say, you know, one of the skyline, right. The GTRs or something, yeah. but so, uh, I'll go to, uh, Mr. McKeown and it doesn't have to be Japanese. Well, it's no, gotta no, be I'll... at least 25 years old. No, I'll keep it Japanese. So uh, the, obviously I talk about this every time we do. I mean, I like the Pulsar GTIR. That's the one I'd want to get. Uh, mm -hmm. SR20 DET, that's the one for me. Um, if there was another honorable mention for small cars that are unusual, uh, the Toyota Sarah is the one I like in particular. That's always have a soft spot for the Sarah because mm. I like those go-wing doors. Very cool. Oh, these nice. are answers I did not expect. Carl. Good choice. Well, I have to you know, go for the R32 GTR. I think we talked about this last last week too. Oh, uh, maybe we did. 33s, but it's okay. The first year, the thirty threes are available now, but I like the thirty twos better. So yeah. I would go for the thirty two. And um, if I had another choice, I would get something like a beach mobile, like the a Delica or something like that, which we twenty five year old cool. Delica. I wonder how they. I can't remember how they look. Oh, they have them. They have boxy. Them. Yeah, they have them. I mean, I, you can I, see yeah. the the diesel ones kind of driving around LA sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. all outfitted with like camping gear and off road yeah. tires and all that. Mm -hmm. So Ben, was there any one car that really you said, "Hey, you know, this is the car I really, you know, uh, that that kind of inspired you to start the uh, Japanese?" Yeah, so that would be the well Toyota 2000 GT because you know growing That's up, so old. Yeah, I mean, well, growing up, I, yeah. I you know, I my dad was really into like American cars, you know, so we had a bunch of like uh, you know old Chevys and you know Buicks, whatever. He had a '65 Mustang and all that stuff, but. But, um, you know, I, I liked all types of different cars. And I, I was just, it was so easy to get books on Corvettes or like Porsches or whatever. And one day I saw this picture of a 2000 GT and I was like, you know, how come I've never heard of this car before? Like this, this, mm. this was pre-internet, you know, but, right. but it was like, this is beautiful. It's an awesome car. Um, you know, it was compared against the 911 at, when it came out, but then it just kind of disappeared into history. And I was like, well, so, so I was really interested in, in that and discovering more about that. And I realized, you know, there's not a lot of like stuff written about old Japanese cars. I mean, if it was, if the 2000 GT had like, you know, a Porsche badge on it, it there would be like, you know, coffee table books, <laughs> like, you know, like an encyclopedia written on it. Right. But they, but there was almost nothing in English at least. So so, uh, you know, that led me down a rabbit hole and I discovered other cool stuff like the, you know, a Honda S800, you know, right. the S600, S800, yeah. you know, all, all these like cool things that I, I didn't know existed. Um, and, 
So then in, in another key turning point was that in 1992, you know, I, I was still, you know, very young. I'm not going to say how old, I, I went on a, a trip with my parents overseas and we had a layover in Tokyo. And it was my first time overseas. I thought, you know, I was going to see the same like Buicks and whatever that I saw on American streets. Oh, no, yeah. This was 92. No course, internet, yeah. right? No internet yet. And so I, I get out of the Narita airport and I just see like these Toyota crowns and, you know, with the fender mirrors. I mean, everything was so cool and so different that I, I was really just taken. And I just, I just really wanted to know more about all of the cars. You know, Ben, that brings me to another point is why do you think there are no, um, uh, um, even pre-internet, even now too much, you know, encyclopedias or books full, bookshelves full of cars, classic Japanese cars. Sure, we see Ferraris, you know, Maseratis, you know. You know, I, I just those. think they're underappreciated in the U.S. You know, they, they're just, because of the, when they came in. Is it the U.S.? Is, is, do you think it's the U.S. that's underappreciated or do you think... Japan just doesn't do a good job of, you know. Oh, well, okay. I mean, th there's both. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, both are true. I think they're underappreciated. And, you know, the U.S. Uh, arms of these Japanese car companies, is, I don't think they've done a really good job of promoting their heritage. I mean, like, you know, Ford has all these stuff, all these events and promotion for like the Mustang Owners Club of America or whatever. You know, Porsche does the same thing with the Porsche owners. And, um, you know, they're they have like these great museums and like the European delivery programs, you know, all these things that are really cool and make the owner feel like they're part of something. And, you know, whereas in, I think in the U S the Japanese car companies, um, you know, only until like very recently, they weren't really promoting their, their history that much. And now, you know, of course, like, you know, Toyota is using their history to promote the new Supra or, um, you know, and, you know, now that the GTR is available, well, that was like in 2007, but, you know, when it became available in the U.S., you know, Nissan started uh, promoting some history stuff here and there. But, I mean, it, it's still very few and far between. Um, Carl, can you do me a quick favor and uh, put up a picture of the uh, GT uh, 2000 GT? And, you know, I think, um, I mean, part of the reason is that, like, I mean, I, I hate to say this because, you know, I have like friends that work for these car companies and stuff, but like, I think yeah, you're going to get some letters here. I don't know if you're going to be able to work for the, cars the, from the like U.S. arms of Japanese car companies are oftentimes not well versed in the history of their the companies that they work for. Really? You, know, you find that where they're, they're they just have no idea what you're yeah. talking about? I mean, sometimes they come. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? It, it spirals. I mean the reason they're not well informed is because there's not a lot of English information on these cars. But the reason there's not a lot of English information on these cars is because the companies don't do a good job of promoting them. And so it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, you know, a lot of these, the people that work for, um, you know, the Japanese car makers, um, U.S. arms come from the big three. And so, you know, I mean, if you, you know, Sam, I'm sure, you know, like if you, you know, worked for, with the big three, I mean, you know, classic, a classic Japanese car is like, like a oxymoron to, to, to many of those people, you know? Yeah. Yep. 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 So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're trying to do what we can, but uh, you know, it's been a, an uphill battle sometimes. So do you feel like you are the person responsible, the flag bearer to 
kind of get these cars, these classic Japanese cars noticed? Because they're um, in, I, no, I mean, that, that's definitely what I love doing. I don't think I'm the flag bearer or anything, but um, but yeah, the, it's uh, you know, obviously something I've poured my my heart and soul into, and I you know, I also am very grateful because of you know the opportunities it's afforded me. I mean, I've I've gotten and as a result, gotten to do some really cool stuff that. I never dreamed as a child would be possible, you know, like, you know, I've driven on Fuji Speedway and, you know, like, um, you know, you know, you've gotten to work with like, uh, you know, toy companies and you know, stuff. it's just like this, you know, stuff that I really loved as, and, and dreamed about as a kid. Speaking of toy companies, don't you have some kind of deal going with uh, Hot Wheels or something? Yeah. So Japanese Nostalgic Car has a licensing partnership with, Mattel. So sometimes mm, you might see our logo cool. on some of their toy cars, which again, like it's a, it's a dream come true. I mean, I love Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars when I was a kid. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you guys might be familiar with this logo. It's um, this is our company logo. It's and on it's, my water you know, bottle. You might have seen it in like, you know, on, on real cars that people have put the sticker on or, or Hot Wheels here. So this. Um, this is like one of the, the cars, whoops. It's uh, it says JNC, that's Japanese Nostalgic Car Surf Patrol, right. it's a Datsun 510 wagon. And wow, logo. that is cool. It's tiny, it's you tiny, are, but it's- But still, you guys are big the, time. It's on the back uh, right there. Yeah, right there. In the corner. And then, um, you know, and we, oh, the, one of our newer ones is this GTR. How many, oh, very cool! How many cars? Uh, how many cars have the JN's Hot Wheel cars have have um, those right now? I would say maybe maybe like twenty five, thirty. I don't know. So that's a lot. Oh. But, you know, it's it's so cool, and you know, I, we we have a baby boy. Like, I can't wait for him to grow up and start playing with these things. Obviously, like you know, we had to. We we love the fact that this is on like the iconic gunmetal gray. GTR, you know. Yeah, so, that's know, an R35, isn't it? Too, you know, to appeal to kids and stuff. Is that an R35? Uh, R32, yeah. Oh, I can't even see it. Okay, it's R32. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, they wouldn't put it on R35, would they? Because it's not uh, a nostalgic Probably car. not, no. Yeah, okay. This is like one of the newest cars that we have our logo on. That is awesome. But, um, you know, and then we found out, you know, like fans have put the logo on, like rendered it virtually to put it on cars and like, you know, video games and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool. Um, that is cool. Who actually came up with that logo? It's a cool logo. Yeah, talk so, about your logo the about the uh, about the. I did the initial version, yeah, and but... my version like sucked. It looked because I'm not a graphic designer. It, it sucked, right? But I have a friend who's um, a professor at Art Center who's really great at graphic design, and he, um, you know, refined it, and so it looks much more like a professional logo now you know obviously this is like a vintage racing wheel and this is the uh this is a no longer in use old man driver symbol because at the time a lot of people were putting the beginner's driver symbol on like mm. drift cars and stuff right so right right we're like no we're 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 old guys <laughs> we're really like older guys. <laughs> 25 well, years old I, I, I don't know if this was uh this was a uh, uh, deliberate but you know the wheel i thought it was like kind of a flower, you know, like a sakura flower. So that yeah, was so a Japanese is, thing, or is that just me? Uh, with too, many, too many too many quaaludes. Wheel, which it was a real wheel that looks like a sakura flower. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah with me and Taro, I, I'm sure Taro too. With me, when I'm like we're driving around, I see that beginner uh, sticker on the cars out here. 
Have you you've seen those Taro? Yeah, yeah, you're, I've seen them. I just go, do they do they know what that means? That's not really something sporty, you know. That's like <laughs> it tells you you're a shitty driver. <laughs> so I that, oh excuse my language, but yeah, you know. So I like the old man old man sticker though. Yeah, um, you're 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 ready for one. Well, <laughs> I'm not, but <laughs> all the cars in Japan need them though. Yeah, oh, yeah. in Japan's yeah, old. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So. Um, um, so what are some of the uh, uh, cool cars that you've driven, the cool cars that you own? I mean, some of your favorites from um, um, the Bensu collection. Um, so I have probably, you know, my family will tell you I have too many cars. Um, a How many lot do of you have? Are, uh, are projects that aren't, aren't running right now. Um, okay, that's it. Everyone has. But uh, okay, so I have. Okay, so I'll tell you the running ones first. Like <laughs> right now, my daily uh, driver is a Subaru SVX. Um, SVX. Yeah, ninety six SVX. Oh, that yeah. is a car before its time. I love. I know. That car. Right? So I I just love it. Because Flat six like, window within a window. That was what. Right, my right. That cars. window treatment. I, I love the fact that it's. Um, you know, very comfortable. Uh, you have an SVX. Oh my yeah, God, James! Um, do you remember that car? I do. It's a very stylish automobile. Very it was. Well it, it was well before its time. Did, were those sold in uh, Europe or in, uh, uh, yes. UK? They, they were, were sold too? in the UK. Yeah, they didn't sell many in the UK. They didn't sell, and they had a lot. They didn't sell many here. <laughs> they they, they had a few come over in Australia when they had their fifteen-year law come in with the imports. They had a few come over in Australia. Free market well. cars, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there it is. There's the SVX. What color is yours, Ben? Uh, it's maroon. It's similar oh, okay. to that one, the fourth, the third one down. This one? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's yeah, similar to that one. So, um, you know, it, it's just a great example of like bubble era excess. You know, like <laughs> who would have thought Subaru would build like a GT car, right? So, I mean, I love stuff like that. Um, that is a that, yeah, that is one of my favorite cars too. A, a flat six, right? It doesn't have much mm -hmm. torque. I wish it had a little more torque. Yeah, so mine, you know, it only came in automatic. That's what right. mine has right now. But if the transmission ever blows up, I'm going to do a manual swap. I think that, you know, that would oh, really, it'll help it. Yeah. yeah, make the car come alive. Um, I have a, uh, a FJ60 Land Cruiser. Oh, very and cool. And an, um, an FZJ80 Land Cruiser. Um, so let's see, what else? So um, you got two Land Cruisers. Yeah, I have an A86. Actually, I have two, oh, you, uh, one hatch, one coupe. Oh, okay, the originals. Um, right. I have a, um, what else, a Mazda RX-4, which is RX4, in so you have a right now. Okay. <laughs> I right, well, years. Yeah. Um, and let's see, I have uh, a, um, an A40 Supra, the first generation Celica Supra. Right, 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 right. Um, a... Uh, 1971 Toyota Crown. A lot um, of Toyotas. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it just happened to be that way. I'm not like a Toyota fanboy or anything, but I do have a lot of Toyotas. I have a, have a 86 Cressida wagon with a five-speed conversion. Um, you have some odd tastes, my man. <laughs> I, I know cool. I'm forgetting something. They are I, cool, but you know. I like Cressidas. <laughs> I have, oh, I have a Toyota... Uh, one box van. Oh, nice. <laughs> the 80s. Oh, which one is it? What? It's an LE with a dual sunroof, but it's like the one that looks like just like a square. <laughs> mm, okay. It was, it was it sold here or it was, it's, was that a Japan only car? It was, it was sold here. It was just oh, called was. Toyota Van. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. don't remember that one, but yeah. So, 
Wow. So you've got quite quite a bit, man. Yeah. Oh, and um, then, sorry. I also have a Lexus SC uh, 300 five-speed, factory five-speed. Uh, SC, which one? 300? 300. Oh, right. With the inline six. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. So um, uh, what do you see f uh, forward with Japanese nostalgic car as, uh, is, you know, with uh, electric cars coming along? You know, the, 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 God, the I don't know, man. landscape it's, it's is changing. Like Three more years and the Prius is going to be a nostalgic car, right? I mean, that's just insane. Oh, really? I mean, It'd be 25 years in three years? Yeah, it came out in 97, oh, right? Oh, my so, God. Yeah, so we are 25 in, in three years. Um, we're, wait, or two years, actually. I can't, I can't do math, but yeah, two years. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's insane. I don't know. I mean, what we are seeing right now, though, is that people are getting really into like the 80s and 90s stuff. Um, so those, the prices on those cars are increasing. And, you know, I remember, um, you know, back in the early 2000s, I was watching Barrett Jackson. I think Brock Yates was like one of the announcers. I can't remember who the other guy was, but the other guy goes like, you know, I, you'll never see a, a slammed Honda Civic like cross this, um, you know, auction block or whatever. Now <laughs> you do. And, I, and now you, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't closely watch Barry Jackson's. I don't know if that, that has happened, but I wouldn't be surprised if there has been. Like, Not a slammed one, I don't think. But I, that's another thing I wanted to ask you, Ben, is since yeah. you are the nostalgic car experience, what do you think about some of these cars, these uh, classic Japanese sports cars, you know, like the, the Supra uh, and, you know, <laughs> you know uh, what was it? The, uh, was it the A80, the 70, uh, whatever, the, 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 the one in the 80s, the late 80s. Oh, the late 80s. Okay, so, so the or new... The mid-80s, mid-80s, or whatever. Yeah. You know, the Supra before this. Going for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, oh the 80, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the 80, right, I, right. I mean, I, you know, when the first one sold, I, I can't remember, like last year, one sold for like, um, I think it was like what? First it was like one, well, maybe close to 100,000, something like that. It was, I think, over 100,000, so but it then, was... So yeah, at the time... Like, unbelievable people were going oh my god yeah i can't believe six figures for a toyota you know just a toyota you know a common yeah. phrase but but um one of our writers patrick strong wrote a great piece about how it's actually undervalued and is going to go even more and then like a couple months later one sold for 150,000. <laughs> and um i mean i i think you know these are the cars that um are the equivalent of like the muscle cars for people, right. for, you know, baby boomers. And, um, you know, back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, you saw like, you know, Plymouth Barracudas and, you know, Boss 302 Mustangs or whatever. Oh, right, right, right. Prices, right. And I think, you know, we're just seeing the beginning of the increase in value of Japanese cars. Now, this whole coronavirus thing may, like, uh, if it, you know, kills the economy, may put a stop to like the rapid increase in. Well, maybe in, a temporary in, stop, though, right? What's that? Maybe a temporary stop. Yeah, yeah, maybe temporary. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, who knows what, what the world's going to look like, you know, in a year, right? But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, but, but the point is that these are the type of cars like, you know, NSXs and Supra. NSXs are going for way too much. I, w I was actually going to be in the market for one because I was thinking, all right, you know, first gen NSX, I could probably pick one up for about 30, 35,000, right? The, the, not now, but this is, yeah, yeah, James, exactly. And then, you know, all of a sudden, Months later, I go, you know, they're first. Then they doubled around sixty, and now they're what over a hundred thousand bucks for some of these. 
Well, for like a super low mileage clean one, yeah. But um, you can still find, you know, well-driven ones, you know, for maybe like 60 yeah. So, you know, that are in good shape, that haven't been beat up too much. Yeah, but um, I don't want a car, you know, with 80,000 miles, you know, I mean, something with like, well, 80,000, I think I could live with, but over 100,000 yeah. miles on them down there. You so, know. you know, but but these kind of cars are the cars that is the equivalent of like the Hemi Cuda or the, you know. That's a good point. Boss Mustang for, for, you know, for certain generations. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I've been saying this since we started JNC, even when, you know, we had a lot of doubters. Yeah. Well, with this millennial generation coming up after us, and they're a bunch of wussies, so I'm thinking maybe <laughs> I should start buying Priuses because <laughs> they might be going yeah, for I mean, but hundreds you never of thousands know what's of dollars. It's going to be like the car that catches fire, right? So, I mean, you can, you, you, you know, you could say maybe like the BRZ or 8.6, that type of car. Oh, um, the new 8.6, yeah. You know, um, those kind of cars will probably resonate with enthusiasts that are young today. Yeah. Um, but we are seeing actually a lot of enthusiasts, you know, into like 80s and 90s cars, even though they might have been born like in the late 90s before these, these you know, mm -hmm. they were born after these cars came out. Um, you know, maybe and maybe that says something about like how great the cars were in, during that era. Uh, to me, my to me, the golden era for, for me, because, you know, of my age was was that 80s where we had the Supra, the Mitsubishi, um, uh, um, uh, 3000 GT VR4, the 300 yeah, TX, the Mazda RX-7, and the Toyota Supra, you know, that was, and then mm -hmm. on the other, you know, the four doors that we had the Evo and the, you know, um, uh, WRX XDI beating each other up. So that, that was, that was a nice time to be alive, you know, and being a journalist. Sure. Right? The, and, and um, yeah, and for you to be, you know, yeah, I was driving them all. Um, so and it was awesome. you know, going to yeah. Japan and driving them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, you're a super owner. Um, so what do you think about the, the new Supra? <laughs> so, uh, Why do you laugh? I am not a fan. I mean, I, I, I oh, drove the new good. Supra. A little more controversy. We like this. Yeah, I, I drove it at, he's on, um, he's on my team. in like Virginia somewhere <laughs> when they launched it. And then um, I can't remember the name of the track right now, but it's... Uh, Virginia but, International know. Raceway? VIR? VIR? No, no, it was a oh. different one. It wasn't a VIR. Another track out there. So I, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It's a track. It was like a couple okay. of um so you know i you know okay to me it doesn't drive like a toyota um you know if if you've driven a you know jz80 supra you know that like one of the things about it was like you know this it's it's not a hardcore like knife edge handling car I and mean, he's got a lot of power but it's very smooth because it's a toyota um, you know, when you're driving and, you, you know, and even in like corners and stuff, when you're going from like uh, neutral to maybe like to, to oversteer and back, whatever, it's all very linear and, and, you know, but the, but BMWs are much more frenetic, you know, you can feel like the, the rear suspension, like, you know, moving and it, it's, it's a completely different driving experience. And, um, you know, I interviewed the chief engineer. I mean, he said that they tuned everything like the you know this it's a unique shift map a unique throttle map everything mr. You know, tada. what's that mr tada yeah yeah and um but you know i think there's only so much that you can do with the hardware that you're given right i mean you can you can play with those maps all day but the hardware is the hardware right so to me it it doesn't feel like a toyota and you know um people from toyota have I've heard that, you know, they're like upset because it hasn't sold um, 
in large numbers. Mm. And, you know, they kind of, the, the line that I've heard is, okay, well, we, you know, you enthusiasts, like, wanted us to build a Supra. We did it, but no, but no one's buying it. And I can see that, and it's probably going to, I mean, sad to say, it's probably going to scare them off from building more sports cars in the future. But the, the thing is, though, it's, it's not a Supra, right? It, it's just a Supra in name. And I think if Toyota had developed their own, I mean, at least some of it, like maybe not the whole car, but maybe the engine or maybe, you know, the suspension or something, it, that it, you know, it would resonate more with Toyota enthusiasts. And, um, you know, it's not good enough just to have, I mean, it, it's a great car, don't get me wrong. Okay, it's just not a Toyota. And it, it, I think that if, if um, you know, they didn't just like slap a, a name on a car that's like very much, obviously, like if you sit inside, obviously like a BMW, people, more people would be buying it. Um, you know, I mean, you I'll, think I'll maybe they should have marketed it under another name. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that would have helped. Um, it's I, not a I, you know, It's not a Toyota, but it's not a Supra either. Yeah. I mean, one. So, so you know, like back in the '80s, um, you know, as you know, Sam. I mean, Ford was going to change the Mustang to a front-wheel drive platform, and and have it built by Mazda when they, you know, when they had a controlling interest in oh, Mazda. That's right. For, and of for. course, the Mustang fans you know, we're like picking up their pitchforks and torches and we're ready to <laughs> they were ready to storm Dearborn, right? So wisely Ford decided, okay, we're gonna keep the Mustang around, rear wheel drive, um, you know, V8 and everything. And then we're, in, we're gonna call this new car the Probe. And that's what happened. And, you know, I mean, I feel like Toyota should have followed that path, you know? It's that, I think that would have been a much more successful one for them. Um, Carl, you, uh, I think you, like, oh, sorry, going, go ahead. going back to the heritage thing, I think Japanese car companies need to have a little bit more self-confidence. I mean, there, there's a whole generation, more than one generation now that have grown up admiring Toyotas, having posters of a Supra on the wall instead of, you know, whatever, Mustang or, or, uh, you know, Testarossa or whatever. And, and these people want to see a Toyota built car, you know, it, it's, um, you know, I think there's a, maybe a little bit of an inferiority complex with, with Toyota and maybe some other manufacturers, but uh, I think the time for that is long gone. Wow. Uh, Tara, what do you, you, you've driven the Supra. What are your thoughts on Ben's comments on the Supra? Well, I've, I've said it before. Um, the 86 is a lot more fun to drive because it's just, it's, it's just, you know, more raw. And I think I mentioned it that, you know, it, it's a nice ride, but I had a lot more fun just, you know, spinning the 86 around and kind of cruising around in, in the, in the Supra. Um, so, I mean, I, th I think it's a beautiful car and I think it's a great car, it's, you know, I, but it's more like a cruiser, you know, it's, it's so big and it's a, uh, it's a nice comfortable car and it's very forgiving. Um, but yeah, in terms of being quick, a fun though. car, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's quick, it's fast. I mean, I mean, like Ben said, I don't think it's a bad car, but you know, when you, when you're trying to market it to, uh, you know, enthusiasts and, and fans as a Supra, um, it's just, there's just a little bit of a, a gap there, you know, of what um, the car actually is and what the, 
what the enthusiasts are are expecting. Uh, James, have you driven that car? No, I'm still the only one here of, of all of us that has yet to drive the Super. So one day I'll get the chance to obviously, by the sounds of it, be disappointed by it. Is that what you're telling me, Sam? <laughs> no, I think uh, we've we set the bar so low that you're going to actually be impressed. You know, I'm going to be impressed. Like, like a movie. Well, no, what we're saying is that it's it, it actually drives well. It just doesn't drive like a Toyota and, or even really like a, a Japanese sports coupe, actually. Um, you know, okay, so to me, it's like, you know, one of the things that we're big in promoting on Japanese nostalgic car is heritage, right? And so what is a car? I mean, I wrote this in my review. I mean, is it just something to get you from A to B the quickest? Or is it something that is, you know, it could, you know, some people see it as a work of art. Some people, you know, attach like the, not just, it's not just the car itself, but attach the whole history of the model or the brand behind it. And, you know, honestly, like, as a Supra owner, I mean, I feel less happy about my classic Supra because of the new Supra, you know? I mean, it, it's it's all connected, you know? I mean, so maybe some people can compartmentalize and see it separately and good, good for them, but I mean, I don't, I don't think I could do that. What about the 8.6 then? Is that a Toyota? The new one? So to me, um, it is, well, I, I would much rather drive the A6 like Taro. I mean, I, I do think it's a more fun to drive car as well. Um, maybe that's because I'm more used to like the, the, the Japanese like kind of sports coupe ethos. I mean, I used to have an S13 and um, you know, I, I have an original A86 lightweight, not necessarily like a, a shit ton of horsepower, but um, you know, good feedback, you know, good transition. I mean, all that kind of stuff that that's, what's important to me. That's why I like, about you know driving Japanese uh, sports coupes, and I think that the eight six and BRZ fit that mold much better. Um, you know, it, it's also um, you know lightweight. It's it's small enough so that you can go onto those you know winding mountain roads and, and not feel like you're going to hit stuff that's like you know on the side of the road. So, I mean, it, it's to me, it's it may not be. 100% Toyota. I mean, it's mostly not actually, but but it's um, a lot more in line with the the Toyota and the Japanese sports coupe ethos. So you, you don't feel as betrayed by this car the, <laughs> as you do with the Supra. <laughs> no, no, not not as much. Yeah, being a nostalgic I'll still keep my A86. I don't know about the Supra. Let's just put it that way. Well, uh, being a nostalgic car guy, could you see yourself writing about? this Supra in 25 years or this Supra uh, being, you know, going for hundreds of thousands of dollars or maybe not just I mean, because it's, I, it's know, so muddy, you know, possible. it's a mutt, you know? Yeah. Anything is possible. I'm not going to say no, but um, to me, like uh, let's say in 25 years, I'm still around and I'm, I've got like a lot of money. To God, spend. you better be around. You're, you're still young. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm older than I look, but I don't think, I don't think I'll be buying one. You know, I would much rather buy like an ND Miata or, um, you know, an R35 GTR, you know, those kind of cars. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if you ask like a, a Mopar guy, like, would you buy the Dodge Challenger that was actually a Mitsubishi? Would you would you put that in your collection next to your Hemi Cuda or whatever? I mean, I don't think they would. No, you know? or Dodge Stealth. You know, remember that car? Right. Mitsubishi GT three thousand GT. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very cool. So, 
Um, uh, so Ben, we're kind of winding down, but I got a question for Ben. Great. Jump in. Hey, so, um, we talked about, you know, the events and stuff. Um, I was actually like online with, uh, art from, uh, Radwood, right? So they're like kind of in the nineties and what oh, yeah. you're, you're involved in a lot of like, you know, Japanese, uh, classic car shows and stuff like that. What, what do you think, um, you know, post COVID or, you know, um, all of this is all of these car shows are going. Um, oh, so, you know, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a huge hit. I mean, you know, not only are like the major international auto shows canceled, but like, you know, the Toyota Fest, which was mm-hmm. scheduled for the beginning of June, I think that, that was canceled. I mean, it's, it's, it sucks, you know. Um, I think that if, you know, once, once people can get vaccinated or whatever, I think car shows will come back, but that could be a year and a half to two years out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it'd be terrible if we can't have any car shows until then. But do you um, think they'll have some uh, like digital versions of these? Uh, oh well, yeah, Radwood I think did something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, they, they yeah. did like an Instagram or something car show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean that was a great idea. I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, I mean Instagram is already kind of like a digital car show, right? Yeah. So, no. um, but so. You know, I mean, I, I just, you know, hope that there is some way for enthusiasts to like um, share their love of cars together and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, whether it's remotely or all together in one place. I mean, you know, it's different or, you know, just go driving together. You know, that's what these cars are for. So go, yeah. go grab a bunch of friends, drive together and you don't have to wear a mask as long as you stay in your car. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> hey, that's speaking true. of which, Ben, it might be a good chance to bring back the, your, I uh, remember uh, I was invited to one. I haven't gone to one yet. It's the Toge run or something that the next oh, Yeah, we did an event called Toge California that was um, for vintage Japanese cars. And mm-hmm. um, we, you know, planned like a 200 mile, it's a, it's a one day event, but 200 mile route um, through a lot of the mountains because um, well, the, the, the theme behind that was, you know, like the Toge, you know, in Japan, a lot of cars. Um, oh, Toge, everyone on, means mountain, pretty much a mountain road. So yeah, yeah, and and I, that's I, where I have a, a lot I have of enthusiasm really drive. I mean, you're not going to be like you know hooning your car in Tokyo. You know that <laughs> right. you don't have a lot of opportunity, or whatever. So people go out into the mountains, and we wanted to you know bring that experience to uh, the U.S. You know for owners of uh, Japanese cars. So so we did that, and um, you know it was a great event. Um, you know, unfortunately, like you, you know. Uh, we we lost our title sponsor, which was Mazda, oh, okay. because right. they had some uh, you know you know changes and whatever within the company. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, um, if we can find another sponsor, I mean, we'd love to do it again. Uh, be a great thing to do now, right? Because you're kind of in your car, your social distancing. If any if any sponsors want to want to um, <laughs> throw some cash, we'd love to do it. Step uh, up, guys! Whoever yeah, it's just, are it's, with you know. I know companies not, are hurting right now, but it's a yeah. great way for well, they're not spending money in Georgia cars. cars. So yeah, they're not yeah. spending money on car shows. So yeah, that was a great event. So, but it's you know, we, it's it's not dead in the water, right? I mean, if as you said, if there's sponsorship that comes aboard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, with the COVID thing happening, I can't imagine that happening. Yeah. Well, maybe, not anytime maybe soon. Maybe not in the next year or so, but but we'll see. I mean, always you know, we're always looking and always have our fingers crossed. Right. Um, uh, by the way, um, since you're, you're too nice to plug your own stuff, Ben, you says you're very, you know, very Japanese. Uh, uh, 
at his at Ben's website, he sells a lot of very cool shirts. Those stickers uh, that you you saw the Japanese nostalgic car stickers. I'm actually wearing one of the shirts. I don't know if you could see it. Uh, it is the uh, Ken Mary Skyline, and that says BA, which is where um, uh, BA it was uh, made. Showa Motor Club. Showa is the thing. So. Anyways, yeah, sure. It's all kinds of cool. Yeah, this is like, another one of them. Oh, the renowned, yeah, the uh, the seven eight seven eight seven B, yeah. No, mm -hmm. well, to me, still really the only true Japanese car to, to the only Japanese uh, car to truly win the Le Mans because yeah. Toyota did win it, but you know, I mean, back then, no one I else mean, was driving. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't know what James. I don't know what our race. Our race uh, expert is James over there. I don't know what he thinks about it, but I, I still, to me, is you know that is still the the car the car they, japanese they beat, they beat someone though they i'm gonna be controversial and say look uh, <laughs> while mazda was the first one to win they were definitely not the fastest car at lamar that year no not even Benz close were so much faster but they just broke down and so mazda won been everyone else broke down whereas that's toyota right. were the fastest yeah, car <laughs> so that's what i give toyota while what they didn't have too much competition they uh, were certainly the. I mean, they they marmalized the rest of the field. But James, you know, there's a few times where Toyota did have the fastest car and they didn't win. Well, that so. was the last the last lap. I mean, that's yeah. as much drama as you I can know, ever get that in that was one. So, I mean, I mean breaking down in front of your pit in the last lap. I mean, I think I think yeah. Uh, I, I heard Toyota Akio Toyota was just <gasps> you know, and he sent a letter to all the Toyota employees or something saying, "Hey guys," and then Porsche. Uh, uh, who actually? I think Porsche won that race, right? They did. So yeah, they, they said, said the, the beautiful. Yeah, the marketing oh, event yeah. afterwards after that. the fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was true sportsmanship as much it was, as you can get it. It was awesome. It yeah. was awesome. It was awesome. So, um, um, do you follow any uh, racing, um, as in uh, super, uh, the Super eight GT series or anything like that, Ben? And do oh, you guys cover uh, it? Do you guys yeah, cover it on there? I mean, I, I I watch. You know, clips when I can, but I, I don't follow it like hardcore, no. But, you know, Japanese nostalgia car could mean race cars, too. There's some really cool race oh, yeah, cars back yeah. then, you know? Um, you know, especially the Skyline that, you know, won the first Japan Grand Prix. You have the Prince, you know, the... the yeah, the yeah, Prince we've race written cars about... You know the Prince Skyline, 380, uh, yeah, or the, yeah. that raced against the the Porsche, the Porsche 904 yeah. in the Japan Grand Prix. Uh, you know that was part, that was so that was that was crazy. I mean, the Porsche I mean, that was cheating almost, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was I mean, was, so was. so you know, it's it's amazing that um, well, they say that like the the when the Skyline did pass the 904 for like a very brief moment in the race. And I think maybe for like maybe just one lap or something, um, that's what created the Skyline legend. Um, you know, we've interviewed uh, one of the drivers that was in that race. Um, uh, I think his name was Sonako, last name Sonako. I, I can't uh, remember. Yeah. Sonako. Yeah. So, so that's that's an interview that you can read on Japanese Cigar. He's a crazy character, really wild guy. Um, so yeah, we talk about like, you know, these moments in racing history. One of our writers, Glenn, is, he actually is a vintage racer. He has a, um, an a IMSA 240Z and a wow. you know, CCA 510. These are like actual vintage race cars that he wow. in and he writes about his experiences, um, you know, riding and wrenching on the, I mean, racing and wrenching on those cars. So, um, you know, that's cool stuff too. And he, this guy's like a walking encyclopedia of, um, 
you know, of, vintage of racing, vintage, those great vintage, races, like Datsun racing history, but not not necessarily like stuff that's in Japan, but just he, the U.S. Datsun like, racing history, which yeah, is like people not, not really written about either, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, uh, Taro, how are we doing on time? Uh, we're just about good. Right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, ben, is there anything else you'd like to um, add or? Yeah, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, JapaneseNostalgicCar.com. Um, so that's our website address. We're also, we also have an, a Facebook and Instagram account, but that's that's the main website, JapaneseNostalgicCar.com. That's awesome. Okay. Cool. And uh, how, gear. Often, how often do you post? Uh, uh, no, there's new stuff going up every day. Every day? Yeah. How, how, what kind of staff do you have? How many people? Uh, we have about, I would say, eight writers. And, wow, that's um, a lot. Photographers. Yeah, so, you know, some of them are in Japan, mm. um, Australia, in the U.S. Wow, 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 wow. Awesome. Nice. Okay, so let's, uh, yeah, so Ben, thank you very thank much you, for your time. Um, you're welcome to uh, stay with us for another probably 20, 30, 30 minutes or so, maybe a little longer, who knows? Sure, I'm happy, happy to. Uh, as we go through our usual stuff. So, um, uh, Tara, you want to start it off or you want me to start it off? It doesn't um, No, I can start it off then. Let's, okay. What um, do you got for us this? All right. So I got something that kind of uh, goes with our theme for the day. Check this out. I won't, we won't. Is we this won't. coincidence or is this planned? No, actually, this is, uh, this was, this was oh, planned. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this video. I will say yeah, that. Was I cool. was, um, yeah, I was uh, just on Ben's site um, earlier this week. And um, I saw these videos from the Honda Collection Hall. And, you know, since we were talking about right. vintage um, Japanese and the Japanese legacy. Oh, it's um, right in front of the Honda Collection it, Hall. It is, it, and these videos are great. They're like, they're just like these... Um, uh, introducing this one in particular introduces the the s cars the sports cars mm -hmm. um everything from the s500 and you know we talked about s600s uh, s2000s and up to the uh you know the k yeah 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 what well, so, I, I thought it was crazy how this the s500 was chain driven i didn't know realize that yeah yeah and wow. the, the, the sound of these cars are just beautiful you know i, I mean I was also just surprised that they caught no one in the like lunch break, like walking past in the background as well. I know, it seems this to be like the like, main it, lunch area is what I think. It looks like a pedestrian so, walkway, walkway. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, and they're like flogging these things. They put as much uh, effort into doing the photo shoots here like someone I know. I know. Oh, oh really? <laughs> just oh, yeah. <laughs> have you, have, Sam, have you been? Oh, here? I've been to the uh, collection hall many times. And suppose, you know, they told me, hey, every car in here runs. So. That's what's it, cool. So I saw, you know, actually working on a couple of S, uh, an S600 or S800, because they're making sure everything runs, even the nice. motorcycle. It's a awesome, awesome. Even you got the race cars run. Exactly. The Formula One cars are there, you know, Senna's Formula One car, everything. It's like, it's huge. It's an awesome place to be. Is it in uh, Tochigi? Yeah, it's right uh, okay. in on the same grounds as the, uh, not Tochigi, Motegi. Oh, it's, it's on Motegi. the same grounds as, okay. as the as race the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, same thing. So I, yeah. had a, I had a fun trip out to that racetrack one time. Oh, so good. Oh, did you go to the, were you able to go to the collection hall, James? No, no, no. I went for the IndyCar race and had to hitchhike there. It was great. Yeah, but you know, the thing is right next to the track. Sam, there's a lot more difficult things I had to worry about than getting okay. to track right. and getting home and the train and everything else kind <laughs> of <under> thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. okay so well, th they have well, a whole collection of uh, of videos on the channel so um if you guys are interested uh check it out they have like you know everything from mopeds to you know 
prelude, you know, look, looking back at the history. Yeah, uh, they have Richie cool. Ginter's uh, original Formula One Honda. I'm nice. just really interested in how many uh, emails you're going to respond to today, Tarek. Looks like you've got a few there that's uh, unopened. Yeah, your your, oh, your tabs yeah. are for everyone to. Four thousand five hundred. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Obviously, I, uh, I ignore a lot of my. Yeah, emails. Probably two hundred of those are for me. So yeah. <laughs> exactly, that's what I thought too, Sam. <laughs> you have probably about two hundred unopened for me too, right, James? Uh, no, I, I read and respond to all. Oh, of hey, there's stuff. the there's the car, the S eight hundred, I think. Six sixty. I'm sorry, because that's right, S six sixty, because it's the K car. Yeah. Yeah. We covered we covered that last week. Uh, where yeah, mid engine K cars. Exactly. So cool. yeah. yeah, it is very cool. And very this little cool. course is perfect for it. <laughs> all right. I'm, yeah, you you wonder if it's all downhill, so you know they don't actually have to have the cars running it, but it looks like they're running. They're actually running these things. All right, and my second and my last video that I would like to introduce today is this video. Have you guys seen this one? I sent it. I sent you. Oh, both that's right, this. James. Yeah, James sent it. Yeah. Oh, did you send this to me? I did, and then oh. you told me you already posted about it on GT Channel that an hour before. Oh, okay. So I missed that. But uh, I think that I really enjoyed this, and I think that uh, all the drift series should now introduce a food category. Uh, between rounds and how they can drift and go around and pick up food and eat different right. food objects. I think that'll make it so much more enjoyable. Yeah, it's a good collaboration. I think uh, this was really smart of them to do it. Well, they're, you know, two top, uh, was it the D1 drivers at the time, right? So. Yeah, well, I mean, Taniguchi won his championship a long, a long time, time ago. ago. Yeah, and Daigo's, racing more, yeah. Daigo's the guy now, right. but, you know, they, they both drive... Uh, Toyotas now. So I, I think that the, um, you know, I, even though I don't like the, the new actual Supra, I do think the Happy Meal Supra that they get at the end of this is cool. Yeah, agree. It's a wonderful <laughs> little car. <laughs> the, little, the little car. The, as a collector, yeah. you, you need to have one of those, right? But this is kind of like a little bit of a take from Jim Kana, right? I mean, with that little little uh, yeah, remote control thing. thing, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and Monster, Monster Energy have done this kind of thing before as well with some right. of their other cars, like right. uh, the Bagsy in England as well, when they did him with his dri uh, driving yeah. as well and drifting in hardcore and well. But the, this is what I really appreciated. Like, yeah. how many French fries can you eat while drifting? This is a competition <laughs> that we need to see more of. We need to see more of that, yeah. I mean, I think Daigo actually did um, one of the Monster Energy drink uh, videos. Yeah, he did with Bagsy. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. Did both. Look at the M that, you know, that's pretty creative. I thought it was, this was a really good video. It was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's got 2.3 million views since April 27th. Taro, do you know if this is, this, uh, they did this just for the, um, 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 for YouTube just to get hits and. Yeah. So they actually, they sent it looks me. Like a, it looks like a commercial almost, but it's way too long for a commercial. Yeah. Obviously. So it is a, it is an online thing. I'm not. You know, I don't watch TV in Japan, so I don't know if like parts of it, like a 30 second version is actually airing in Japan or not. But um, they sent me the video um, for us to upload onto Facebook. So it's it's up on our Facebook channel as well, page, if, um, you know, anyone wants to check it out. But Oh, it's cool. With know. the sound especially, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a good collaboration. We need, we need to see more of this stuff. Cool. All right. Carl, That's very good. That's it for good. me. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, during this uh, lockdown, we are kind of in a, um, whatchamacallit, a, uh, uh, you know, just everything's just kind of stopped. So uh, we are just out there looking for stuff to, to, to find. Uh, we, I came up with a couple of new scoops, uh, thank, thankfully, from my friends at Best Car. Um, 
One is we're going to be seeing the new um, uh, Infinity G. I know it's a car that's not really been out there, you know, uh, in the in the mainstream media or anything because number one, the car is old, and number two, Infinity's really hasn't been uh, advertising at all. But uh, the G is a great car. I love that car. I love the way it looks. I mean, um, uh, it's a very nice car. And finally, they're going to be coming out with a all new uh, version, which you can see there behind me. Um, uh, and this car is going to be pretty uh, impressive. So. Uh, you know, the, the car is known as the Skyline in Japan, but not the GTR, the regular Skyline. And, um, uh, you know, the, it got the three liter turbo um, earlier this year. And then it also got a ProPilot 2.0. So they've been, they haven't forgotten about this car. Um, <clears throat> so, but the next Q50, I think what they're going to be calling it, is uh, uh, going to have e-power. So there's going to be electric. Um, and they say it's usually it's probably going to come out in 2022. Uh, there's going to be five models, but the um, the, the really cool uh, news is that uh, it'll probably get of the VC Turbo uh, version of uh, of a, a five liter five liter engine. So I'm, I'm, we're hopefully it's going to be a V8. It's going to be a big a big six, but I think it's, I think it's a six, six cylinder, but anyways, uh, they say it's going to be 435 horsepower. Uh, so that is getting very, very sporty. And then I guess it kind of, um, gets it a little closer to the GTR. So maybe it's, you know, they wanted to have a special, uh, infinity, uh, a Q model that'll kind of bridge, you know, the, 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 the performance gaps, that they have because the GTR is just so far above anything else they have. So, and you know, if they're going to do it, they said they want to do it with this car. Of course, there's talk about, and we've covered this for you know many weeks now, probably of uh, months, right, James? Before anyone else about uh, months and months the, the Z, right? We've yeah, been correct. all over the Z, especially when everyone else says no. You know, even the guys at Nissan says no. We're not working on a Z. I go, no, I think I think you are, and. Uh, uh, ben, uh, since I have you, I could uh, have you come in on this. But uh, the Z, uh, Ben, is uh, you're you're hearing it might be called the 480Z. I, yeah, I heard 400Z, but that was um, on a Japanese website that, and they okay. said that it would be called the 480Z because it would have 480 horsepower. I mean, again, you know, Japanese tabloid press, you never know. So you know, it's, right? That's what they're saying. Uh, yeah, we hear it's going to be over 400 horsepower with this skyline. Yeah, so uh, they, who knows? They might be. Uh, I don't think it'll five liter go into four. Uh, you know the Z, but you know it's who knows it. They they might share the same power plant. You never know. Uh, one thing that uh, I did hear from an engineer in uh, from Nissan that um, um, shall remain anonymous, but he says we won't be doing what Toyota did and you know um, mucking the waters. I, he, the Z should be, you know, born, raised, developed, everything in Japan. And he says, because, uh, you know, I, there were rumors that Mercedes were going to supply the power plant for the next Z. Because, uh, you know, Nissan and Mercedes had kind of a thing or, you know, some kind of a Renault thing. And he says, no, that's not going to happen. He says, this is going to be Japan. So, yeah, don't put us in the same, you know, uh, boat as the super I go, Ooh, kind of music to my ears yeah <laughs> so anyways let me give you a, a shot of the rear here there you go oh hold on so, sam i'm sorry um got a quick question sure uh is are you saying that it's going to have a six-cylinder version of the vc turbo yeah oh that's cool that's right. 
That's why it's, yeah, uh, yeah I, I said, I heard five leaves, but the five leaves are awfully big displacement for a six. So I'm not sure about that, but um, uh, um, um, yeah, it's going to so be a VC turbo. If it's a VC turbo inline six, yes. it's probably going to have um, three liters, right? I would think three liters. Yeah, more. Yeah. yeah. And then, then, then the, with the turbo and all that, the the horsepower number adds up better with a th three liter turbo. So maybe, you know, the, the the guy I talked to misspoke. I don't know. But I go, well, I think is the, um, I don't think that variable compression technology can really translate to a, a V motor. So I think. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. the, the inline six. Pressure. I mean, right now it's only a four, but if you just tack on two more cylinders, I think that would make a really great engine. Wow. Yeah. And you know, uh, what, what was the last in, in line six they had, right? It's the, probably RB, wasn't it? So it yeah, brings, yeah. you know, brings, brings, um, reflections back on the RB. So Damn, did, uh, they have yeah. a, uh, did they have a coupe version of the Skyline in Japan? So yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's the, it's our, you know, whatever. Oh no, uh, no, they, I, no, no, they, they brought it in very recently. I think last year or something, the, um, infinity coupe. Is, but it, there wasn't it, there wasn't a coupe for a long time. I think they just started bringing it in. Mm. I can't remember. Do, do, do you know Ben? I I, 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 yeah, I think I, you're right, Sam. I mean, they, it, they for when we had the Q60 for the longest time, they didn't have an they didn't have it. Yes. Yeah, and I don't I don't know when they brought it in, but yeah, it wasn't always parallel with our Q60. Because yeah, I had a friend who was going to thinking of buying one in Japan from a, you know, one of those uh, importer dealer guys, you know, gray market, uh, the, a Sean Morris type in, uh, okay. in Japan. So because, yeah, he says they couldn't find one. So anyways, uh, uh, I know James and Taro uh, that, and Ben, that the Infinity has been kind of um, not talked about recently as a brand. You hear more about Lexus because they're a little more active, but, you know, uh, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about the Infinity Infinity brand? What do you guys think? Are they, are they, are they losing opportunity? What you know? What's what's going? You know? What do you? What's going on? What's yeah. going on with Infinity? Yeah, you know well, that's you, funny. I mean, it's that's like the exact same question when I was on um, um, uh, the smoking tire a couple weeks ago. Some some random dude just like wrote in a question. Hey Tara, I wanna ask you a question. What do you think about Infinities? <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? What do you, what do you think about Infinities? That's, kind of random like out of, out of nowhere um and i was like I, I actually had a hard time answering it because you know i don't i don't know what to think of them these days i i that's don't that's a problem you know that is a problem right i mean i haven't seen anything exciting from them for a long time um, and there's no I, there's nothing creative coming out from them either either on the uh, media on the social media side or anything like that there's nothing that says this is what we're doing there's nothing they're pushing in sports or anything like that i mean they obviously had the Formula One team, but they seem to not capitalize on that whatsoever. That just no. seemed to go all the way by when they weren't being successful. And it was just like, it's just like, it's just, it seems to be just existing at this point. It's not really that exciting. I mean, obviously yeah. they're, they're nice, Absolutely luxurious cars, but it's like, hmm. what do you think, Ben? So, yeah, I mean, I think they're a little bit lost in their brand identity. Um, you know, first they developed this like VC turbo engine. Uh, you know, first use was in an Infiniti QX50, mm -hmm. but then right after it came out, they're like, oh, actually, uh, we're going to just electrify all our cars by 2022 or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know. I feel like uh, Nissan is is going through so many like financial ups and downs right now that it's mostly downs to get some like leadership <laughs> yeah. focused on what the Infinity brand should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it has potential. Um, I think all the styling on their cars is great. I even Me like too. the QX80. Most of them. Um, but Agreed. you know, the the styling is great. It, it's uh, you know the the models have kind of you know had are long in the tooth, um, but they, you know, uh, they have potential. They just need to like, you know, I think, harness. Yeah. I think the G the Coupe, history. or it's not called the G Coupe anymore, but the Coupe is one of the prettiest cars out there still, you know, I mean, it's yeah. beautifully yeah, it's a designed. great looking car. So, yeah, I think they're, I, I'm wondering if they, you know, I th this whole thing started when they, you know, moved their headquarters to Hong Kong, right? Because the Global Infinity headquarters are in Hong Kong, not at Yokohama with Nissan. So they separated two that much. And then, yeah, so it just, yeah. So it's uh, hopefully they'll get their act together because their cars are great. And yeah, I think they drive great. I mean, who have you guys driven Infinities before? I mean, like in the last two, three, four, five years? Um, James, I you have, have you? I drove a QX60 last yeah. year. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a great car, you yeah, know, very They luxurious. have a flavor that's not Lexus, you know? They're, they have yeah. their own flavor, which is identical, like, which I think is... You know, I think most, like most people said, it's a little bit, um, the steering is not as, you know, um, Agile. As, it, as it could be. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a hardcore performance car. I, I mean, I haven't driven like the Red Sport 400. I would well, that's, be interested. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so. Okay, but anyways, it uh, doesn't look like their uh, Nissan has totally disregarded Infinity. They're coming up with this new, well, in Japan, it's called the Nissan Skyline. So, uh, we'll be on the lookout for it there with a VC probably in line six with 430 horsepower. So uh, hopefully though the, these are more than rumors. Uh, the next car I'm going to go to is uh, guys. Yeah, it's uh, it was slim pickings this week. So uh, uh, I had to get what I can. The very, very <laughs> exciting, exciting Yaris crossover oh. <laughs> where'd you get this one from <laughs> oh it's best car yeah best, best car. Car yeah because i'm just going hey guys what do you guys got and they go hey you know this yaris man i go dude give me something more than that that's all we got so that's that's what i got the yaris. No rally no rally version no uh, who, no no, no see that's where you're taking it in a good place tar who knows maybe but uh it's uh um uh, let's see. Uh, you know, uh, they say it's going to be good. I don't think, you know, you guys could fall asleep because I know you, you know, you guys don't care when this is going to come out, but it's going to be coming out. And uh, I'll, I'll check my emails right now. Uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, ouch. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll come out in 2021, probably about two twenty thousand bucks. So it's a pretty good price. Uh, in Japan, that's going to start with a 1.5 liter gasoline uh, uh, engine. And then, uh, 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 four-wheel drive uh, version with uh, electric to come. Um, but uh, here's the thing. Here's what's crazy. Uh, in Japan, uh, the orders, number of orders for this car is already over 30,000 units. And, you know, it's not even, it's not coming out until 2021. So when did they start taking orders? Before COVID uh, or after COVID? Uh, probably before, before, because let's see, because this car actually debuted... Uh, oh, it was going to debut at the Geneva show. So okay. it maybe, uh, maybe it was after, maybe it was after, but mm. yeah. But you know, Japan's not really taking or wasn't really taking that 
Have you got any better photos of it, Sam, that we can have a look at? I will. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So is this based on the Yaris hatchback platform? Yes, it is. Definitely. Same, same platform and uh, a bit smaller than the RAV4. So okay. it's going gonna, it's gonna to come so in the, under the RAV4. Again, they have that GR Yaris. Rally yeah, which car. is oh right, right, Incredible. right, right. Yeah. But that's but that's which not which is a really cool car. It is. That's not a crossover yeah. though. So and that one yeah. I don't think we'll we'll ever see it in the US. So that's why mm -hmm. I kind of went with this one because this one I think there's a good chance we'll see it in the US. There's there's the rear. So it just kind of looks like a, a mini Rav Four. It does. And you know what car they're going to go after with is the Honda Fit. They want to. They want to. They want to go after a Honda Fit, especially in Japan, because, you know, the, I think the Fit sells a lot better in Japan than it does here. I don't see many. Do they even market the Fit here anymore? <laughs> they probably do, but know. yeah. I'm really liking I, I these press photos. I will say that. <laughs> I think it's a, it's, we're still on the previous generation. Oh, they have a new one over there in Japan right now? Yeah, I think it one? debuted um, at the Tokyo Motor Show last October. Oh, it did. Oh, so it just. Oh, yeah, and usually Japan when they debut, it, they put it on sale right away. So, yeah. So it's probably for sale. So we'll we'll probably get be getting that fit too, though. So, but anyway, so here's your here's here's your exciting yard. You know, it doesn't look bad. You know, I mean, it's, it, I, I want to know where this English village is that they've taken these press photos. Uh, this is the um, uh, this is Nigel's Nigel's uh, summer house. Oh, that's the pub that he goes to. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. CIA agent. That's Nigel. right. <laughs> Head of the CIA, right? Head of yeah. the CIA, the director. Yes, Nigel Nigel McKean. Exactly. So, so this is a little bit smaller than the than the RAV4, right? It's it, you know what when, uh, they I had a, a photo I didn't put it up here where it was next to you know, uh, comparing the dimensions, it's quite a bit smaller than the RAV4. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because so, like how the fit is small. So yeah, how does this compare then with, pretty big. how does this compare with the Toyota CHR then? How does that fit in between the two? Is this going to be smaller than that as well? I think it's probably be pretty close. I think it might be a little bigger, but uh, the CHR is more of a young person's car. I think this is going to be a little more. Are they going to be more. built on the same platform then? I think it's going to be built on the same platform as the Yaris now, stretched. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so, but you know, those are still rumors, but for 20,000 bucks, uh, you know, it's going to be a pretty, pretty, pretty attractive car, you know, especially if it comes with that electric version, EV, I think it'd be a great EV car, right? Especially if it has two, 300 miles of range. So, so anyways, those are, God, I can't believe I got questions on this car. I thought you guys would be just like sleeping uh, through this one, but there is the, uh, there are my two cars. I'm sorry. During this dang COVID <laughs> lockdown, you know, it's like not much, but the infinity would be cool. So, um, Ben, can you share us uh, some, uh, some, uh, anything new uh, scoop wise that I, cause you did, uh, I saw the 480 ZX thing. That was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I mean, not, not really. That's all I, I don't know. I don't have anything. Sorry, guys. It's all right. <laughs> you're a nostalgic car, man. I mean, that's all. Yeah. You're a nostalgic I didn't do my old, old, so. Old <laughs> <laughs> car. And I guess, you know, we don't, we, we don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but we were all over the Z months before anyone oh, else. Oh, well, I mean, I, one, one new car that is coming, uh, I know you guys reported on this already uh, a while back, but it's, uh, is the Mazda uh, yeah. rear-wheel drive. Um, yes, with the premium sport I mean, coupe. That's going to be an amazing that. car. That, yeah. I, I, that is going to be. Can't amazing. wait for that. Yeah. You know, um, since we have a few more minutes, I'm wondering: uh, Have we seen the last of the rotary engine? Because you know, I saw Ben's uh, shirt, and you know, um, 
And there so, is really hardly any engines that make quite the same sound as a three rotor race engine. It's just it's amazing. But I want to hear. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm sure, as you know, Sam, I mean, you have sources in Japan. I mean, they're, they're still working on it. It's just that's what they say. But are they are really? They I can't believe it. What the hell? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 from what I hear from my sources at Mazda, they are working on it actively. That's they're what, just trying that's to what determine they say. whether they can, whether, whether it's financially viable to bring it to market. Um, you know, and the answer is an obvious no, unless it's a hydrogen. <laughs> I, Why would I, you even bring that? I, I think they're going to keep working on the rotary engine because that is what the heart of Mazda is and what Mazda's motorsports heritage is. So they can't get ever get rid of the rotary engine. It'll keep being used in concepts and a concept come up and they'll say, this has a rotary engine in and that's where they're going to go with. I mean, practically and you, speaking. Wait, and you're saying even though they won't actually come up with a rotary production car. No, they, yeah, they're working with a production car. They'll be talking car. about it. Yeah, it's like a symbol. It's, it's like yeah, the exactly. emperor. It's like a symbol of the state. That's it. Ooh, that's <laughs> good, Taro. Rotary <laughs> hybrid work. You know, I mean, they, there's a rotary yes. in the Mazda MX-30, like that electric car. Yeah, with, as yeah, a yeah, yeah, as a range extender. Uh, Audi has a rotary. Of course, it's called a Vankel, but yeah, Audi has a rotary and as a range extender. So, but you know, that's not, you know, it's not the same, is it? No, no. But I'm just wondering if there could be like a, a more performance oriented car that has a rotary, you know, it, with a hybrid, you know, powertrain that, that, that maybe something like that w would allow them to, you know, maybe pass emissions or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I don't know all the rules about emissions. Well, hydrogen, they say hydrogen works really well with the rotary, you know, and you know, it's so compact. So, but yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with James that, yeah, you know, it, it is their heart and soul. And, and I like how you put it, Taro. It's yeah. Japan has an emperor still, but he doesn't do anything. So, you know, that's it's what the rotary is. It's a the symbol of Mazda, right? You can't get rid of them. You gotta, you gotta have them there. Don't do anything. Uh, I hope my friends in Hiroshima aren't watching this. Blasphemy! <laughs> we are Let's being betrayed. They're Let's traitors. Let's go to James. Oh, oh James, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Quite, that's quite all right. So, what do you want to start off with first, Taro? Do you want to go and talk about the the Gulf first and do a quick spot on the review? Sure. Okay, well, let me share my screen and hopefully I can try and make this magic happen. So hopefully you can see what I'm going now. So one thing I will say is I, I wasn't able to get my uh, traditional automotive shots here for you, Sam. So these are the Volkswagen provided photos. I take no credit for these oh, that's photographs. Not, that's not Sam in the background posing? That's, with that's the... not Sam. That's me no, about 20 it, years ago. And exactly. 30, even... 40 pounds less. <laughs> so what is the, the, the strange thing about this is they hardly provided any photos, five photos in total of the car. And I was very, very- This almost, almost looks like a digital rendering. And they are, they're all complete oh. digital renderings and there's no car. And this is what Volkswagen's marketing material is. So I was very, very disappointed hmm. um, in the car, it's in the, the marketing material associated with what the car. What the hell? Exactly. I couldn't, I, for the life of me, couldn't understand why. So that's, that's all you get. And even then I've doubled up on two cars. in front of a grocery store. <laughs> I know. Well, this looks about the same quality as my, you know, illustrations that I just showed. Exactly. So I was just a bit disappointed with that, but I was not disappointed in the actual golf itself. Um, okay. I thought, I mean, it comes in, I think, well, if I just look at my specs here on, on the car, I think I got it coming in at around like, uh, what is it? Is it pulling up my numbers here? say around 24,000 with mine. I think there's only add-ons you can get now is just with the automatic, that's $800 more. So it comes in just side of the $24,000 figure. But I mean, 
it's a it's a nice it's a small comfortable little city runabout that was felt it was completely adequate to do everything um it felt a little bit more luxurious than a twenty four thousand dollar car short um my wife really liked the styling of it we in the u.s here don't get the new one we get that later in the year probably when they come across so we're still dealing with the older seventh generation as opposed to the eighth generation mm, okay um but i mean it's what you come to expect from a 1.4 liter turbo. I mean, it comes in around 100, just shy of 150 horsepower, 184 pounds foot of torque. It's great for what it does. It fit four people in comfortably. Um, I mean, it, it does good mile per gallon. It, it just puts it in a nice little niche. And obviously, you know that you're going to be getting a Volkswagen. It's reliable and it's just really easy to deal with as an everyday thing. The interior doesn't look that bad, though. No, the like I said, it was um, it was it feels more expensive on the inside than a $24,000 car should. Mm -hmm. So that, so it made it feel like you're in a more of a luxurious car than being in a Volkswagen. Well, this car has been their bread and butter car for so many years now. Yeah. I mean, it, it came yeah. out in 74. Yeah. Um, and they've obviously had several different iterations. I, I was actually, funnily enough, uh, uh, I got the car on a Monday, but until the Friday before I was figuring I was going to get a GTI and then they surprised me with the non GTI version. So I was, let's say I was a little disappointed. Yeah, but, uh, I was going to ask about that, James. Where where does the GTI come in? Uh, what kind of horsepower? Uh, what kind of price? I think the GTI is about 100 horsepower more. Oof. Um, let's see. And just I'll pull up the figures now as I look at And yeah, so it comes in about, uh, what, 228 horsepower and comes in give or take around $29,000. That's one of my favorite German cars. Yeah. Know, the GTI. Do you remember the VR6? God, it'd be cool to see something like that. Too. Yeah, and the and the Type R they come up with obviously as well. I mean, there's lots of great, very oh, the fun... R32, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, lots of, yeah. there's lots of different R variations on the car, and then obviously in the racing series and everything else. But I mean, it, it honestly, the wife really liked it. She liked driving it around. She thought it was a little bit of a hoot. She didn't definitely did not like it as much as the Q3. The Q3 is still her. That's oh, the, the one she wants. Mm, yes, yeah. um, but she did like this. Uh, a lot more than she thought she would. And my sister-in-law, who was a golf fanatic, she also was very jealous that we got to drive this car for the week and she didn't get to have fun in it. Oh, okay. Uh, how was, uh, how was like rear space? Did you sit in the back or have- Yeah, I mean, it, it, it fitted for adults fine. There was no problems with that. And then obviously if you need to put more room in there, it's a hatchback so you can flop the seats down so you can get more room that way. But I mean, uh, it's not obviously one that you're going to be taking out and doing big drives in of sorts. Um, but it's perfectly adequate. If there's four of you in the family, with the two adults, two kids, a couple of bags in the back, grocery shopping, everything that you'll probably need for 90% for of the time, it totally candles it perfectly with. Any uh, talk of an uh, electric version of this coming out, James? Well, they've already got the electric version. Of this one? Yes. Already? Oh, they do. Okay. And then they're going to be, when the new generation comes out, they've got, they're going to uh, be, they're going to have an electric version with that that comes oh, out. Oh, yeah. Well. That's what I meant for this one. I mean, if it's going yes. to be. Yes. So the next, the, the generation, generation eight, and I'm just going to pull the details up here so I know what I'm talking about. Um, they've got a diesel version in the Europe. They've got the diesel, they've got the natural gas, and then they're also going to be going um, uh, a hybrid version, and then there's going to be uh, an electric version as well. Okay. Well, uh, I, it sounds like you, I would agree with you, James, if you're giving the car a thumbs up, but the image is a thumbs down. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's yeah. not really obviously the type that a, a young, enthusiastic sporting driver like myself would want to get. But um, <laughs> if I was like uh, Taro and had like kids that needed to go to school and I didn't want to have a big Toyota SUV, 
perfectly adequate for that. At $24,000, it's, yeah. it's a luxurious price point coming in at a reasonable cost if you were to map it out on a monthly basis, you know? Yeah, the um, the Gulf's like deceivingly uh, roomy in the mm-hmm. inside. You know, yeah. I've my sister owns the previous generation, and I mean, it looks compact, but when, once you get inside, I mean, it's it's super roomy. There's a lot of room in there. What, your sister in Japan? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she really? Drives golf, oh, yeah. She drives a Gulf up there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool, James. I guess a thumbs up from you, yeah. Yeah, I, I completely give it a thumbs up. I, I really um, like that. I can't obviously give it two thumbs up like I gave for the Audi Q3 because that is the at this point now for my wife, it is the benchmark. And the Ram uh, truck. And the, for me, obviously, the Ram truck. The Ram uh, truck. Dodge, Merce- that Mercedes is the, the Ram. That is where it's like that. That is the best car I've, I've ever driven. <laughs> uh, and But then again, I could have fitted the Golf probably in the back of the bed of the Ram. So, uh, you know, you got to make, got to give and get here. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, any uh, any parting thoughts, James? And I'll go around the go around the horn. Well, no, I was just going to say. Obviously, we've been in the midst of our COVID uh, pandemic, and we've been talking about this a little bit. Of how I've been keeping up with all the the motorsports or lack of actual motorsports. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had some drama this past weekend in the world of the esports racing uh, in uh, the I Racing League, in which is the uh, Indianapolis or the IndyCar Racing League. Oh, where, I love it when things get nasty. Well, yeah. Well, one of the, the drivers of the IndyCar uh, series took out the lead driver of the race, who was a Formula One driver, Lando Norris. And Lando was not happy when he was targeted uh, by Simon Paginot and actually uh, announced online to his pit crew that he was going to take out him so an a IndyCar driver would win. Um so obviously, the, the, obviously the, the net conclusion of this is that an IndyCar driver did not win. It was Shane McLaughlin. Uh, a New Zealand uh, racing in the V8 supercars series that won it. But it's it's very interesting to say that they can have such a, a, a laissez-faire attitude in e-racing where it's okay to like just take out the opposition and that's a thing. I mean... Do they get penalized like they do in, in uh, regular races? Um, well, obviously they've, they've had lots of things come up with, with the different drivers where someone's made some comments maybe on a hot mic and they didn't realize they were. Oh, God, yeah, let's and, not go there. Oh, that guy got fired didn't he yes yeah, yeah, yeah. So he that, lost all his money. you know he's half japanese yeah um, i know that's i mean what is that had, that was not his japanese side that said that, that <laughs> and they've had others that have come out that have said different other things and have lost and they've had other more humorous situations come through where uh, one of the drivers was competing and then his daughter came in and asked if she could play with him and then accidentally Turned off. Turned off. Yeah, yeah. I, saw oh, that. God. I read that. So, I mean, it brings it. it yeah. I, I do really like the idea that e racing brings everyone to sight a, a sort of family norm where you have to deal with these other constraints that come into it. Yeah. But I'm still disappointed that someone in a competitive nature and a professional, because this is where they're actually racing for money. It's not racing for, for laughs and whatnot. Right. And people, obviously, as Lando said, he works the race engineer. They spent hours driving the track preparing getting the strategies ready for the race mm-hmm. uh, for then someone to like pit come out two laps behind and then knock you off the front yeah, i mean that's 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 not yeah right. that's pretty that's pretty that's pretty are bad. they getting the same kind of or similar kind of prize money for um you know placing in these races i think that it's they've got different series are running different amounts i think that the big one the formula one is up for a pot of like half a million dollars um, I think the classic, the racing legends is around 200,000 euros. And that's the one that I like the most. That's where they've got a whole series of, uh, a phenomenal set of racing drivers in that. I mean, they've got Emerson Fittipaldi, Jensen Button, Petter Solberg, uh, 
to name a few, David Brabham, uh, Jason Plato, um, Darren Turner. I mean, a whole host of different people. And they've got them in classic 1970s uh, Formula One cars where they're all the same. That's pretty awesome. And they have them go out and race. And yeah. it's like been really incredible to, to be able to watch them and see them go at it. I mean, it's got one Pablo Montoya in that. And it's a really great series where you can see, and you actually see over the weeks how people have been improving where they've been practicing. They're using iRacing um, for the platform? Yes. So it's, um, it's really interesting to see as well how the drivers are improving and, and getting better the weeks on and how they're changing things around and finding out what they can do to, to make these improvements. Um, I just think it's, it's going to be really, really interesting in all of this at the end of when we all go back to work and whatnot, how many racing sims are going to be up for sale around Christmas time when no one's using them anymore. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So cool. Are you, so you'll be keeping us uh, informed on these um, e-racing uh, developments? I'll do my best just for you, Sam. But Sam, what I really want to be more uh, updated on is what is happening in Chapter 21 of Red Mist. Oh, That's thank really you. what I'm oh, looking missed. forward to. Well, it's, I'm taking a little break now um, uh, because that's like a quarter of the book already. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe I, I don't want to give away too much here. But I might because, you know. Uh, I just know, know you're a generous guy, Sam. And there's, you've got all there's, this there's time, some, you've got there's, potential and talent. Well, well, no, I mean, I, you know, it's okay. I don't know if it's, you know, it's good enough to, you know. Be, well, you do know that Nigel McKeon, he approves it. He's, he likes it so much. He has not got all the way to the end, but he is, uh, okay, well, I think this he's way. chapter 12. Okay, put it this way, James. When you're, when Nigel McKean gets to the end and he wants more, I'll put up a few more chapters. All right. Oh, I'll... and the next chapter, oh, Taro too. I'm so sorry. The next chapter, uh, your wife's name comes up. So, yeah. So I will make sure to tell her. Well, but, you know, I mean, Nigel, Nigel's got to come through. Nigel's got to read it through that. Yeah. My, dad's a, been, my dad's been enjoying it. He's also, he's told his friends to read it without even knowing. I've just said he's got to stay, stick through it for the first oh, 20 did, chapters. Well, did, did he say, I mean, did he say he enjoyed it or yeah, say, oh, this is like, yeah, it's all right. It no, sucks. he said usually he doesn't like these type of things and he wouldn't read it, but he's really enjoyed this one. So wow. much so he's passed it on to a few friends for them to read as well. Wow, great. And then um, Netflix will start calling you, Sam. Exactly. Great. That's and, great. you know, anyone who's not good to me, you you know, be careful because your name might appear as a very bad, <laughs> ugly character. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, and who knows, Ben, you might even be making an appearance in it. You never know. I, I, oh, hope, and, I hope I'm not a corpse. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, before we go, I just wanted to say, uh, oh, Taro, do you have any uh, uh, parting thoughts? Oh, I'm good. Just uh, good? like and subscribe. Oh, Thank you. like and subscribe, GT channel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then uh, my party thoughts is that uh, uh, number one, you had uh, on my uh, my um, uh, website, samatani.com, uh, under blogs are the Red Mist chapters. So it's a new work with uh, some chapters in there, which I'm just kind of a you great follow up to the prototype. Yeah, well, it's a, you know, it's a good, it's, you know, it's just keeping me busy, keeping my creative juices flowing. So I don't just, you know, uh, you know, too much Tiger King. It just, I think it ruins the mind. So I have to kind of <laughs> put other stuff in my mind and get it out there. And then uh, you guys might not know this, but um, Ben Shu here with his um, background with it, the Hunum Genome Project and, you know, his, uh, those backgrounds. Oh, Taro, don't do this that. This background? No, no, not that background. <laughs> but he actually helped me uh, with the um, the science part in the prototype, and he's mentioned in the book at the very end. Uh, oh, so, okay. So yeah, ben so that's was where I got source of your, exactly. So yeah. yeah, how else would I have known oh. about all that nanotechnology, all that stuff? Ben pointed me in the right direction, 
because I had something else going. He goes, hey, you know, you ought to take a look at this. And I started reading. I go, oh, my God, this is awesome. So, oh, nice. Well, ben, thank you. But he's a uh, he was my a pleasure, Sam. I hope I didn't uh, give you any incorrect information. <laughs> no, uh, no, I haven't gotten any letters or anything and actually won an award. I don't know if you know. I know you guys heard it a thousand times, but yeah. So, all right. So anyways, uh, with that, uh, thank you, Ben, for joining us and staying. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. It was fun. And we will definitely have to do this sometime soon, maybe live, which will be nice. Uh, so everybody, thank you for, um, uh, tuning in again, and we will see you probably in a couple weeks and stay safe and hot speed to everyone. Stay healthy.